0: Now, sitting at the wave
1: table. Welcome everyone to episode seven of the wavetable. I'm here with Vital Mode, a uh, local bass music producer, and you do like complex tro
0: and glitchy stuff. That's is that right? Yeah, it's color bass as most people like to call it, um, but primarily it's like melodic dubstep, complex tro bit of drum and bass and drum step every now and then, and yeah, it's mostly yeah. those genres.
1: I love those artists that combine, like, a lot of different genres of bass music and, like, they have some really heavy stuff, but also just some colourful stuff, as you put it in there.
0: It's a nice... Yeah, it is. It's, It's good to, like, not be just restrained to, like, one BPM, where, like, a lot of, like, rhythm producers just stop with, like, between 140 and 150 BPM. Yeah where, you know, a lot of color-based artists can really dwell on what BPMs they want to do, whether it be, you know, 128, which is very rare these days, but most people are in between, like, the 140, 150 BPM and 174 range when it comes to color-based. But, um, yeah, it's fun to do all those different tempos, especially when, you know, you've, you're creatively blocked with a certain BPM and you just want to experiment. So it's really good for that type of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of uh, deep demoralizing to
1: open up Ableton and see 150 every single time. And it's like, ah, not another one. I've been experimenting with 170 a bit in my dubstep stuff
0: and it's been pretty fun. Yeah. I definitely want to do some more uh, drum and bass. I haven't done a drum and bass track since I think April. So it's been a while. Uh,
1: It's Yeah. I'm not really doing drum and bass, just like really fast uh, dubstep stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a drum and bass track in the works I've been working on for, like, feels like a year now. It, it might actually <laughs> be. But um, one day, you know, one day. <laughs> yeah, I totally get you. So um, I wanted to start off by talking about your latest release. Um, so tell me what yeah. the story is behind your track Venator and its release on Rushdown
0: Records. Yeah, definitely. It's an interesting story. I literally started it a month ago, that track. Um, yeah. I think it was around the 7th. Of June around that time, Uh, and it was done within about two weeks. Uh, It was very it was very quick actually, um, creating the little idea until it became a complete track. Um, And then it was done, and I left it for like two days. Like, all right, I'll come back to it and do the mixing and mastering uh, just so I could get some feedback on it. And then once I got the feedback on it from a few people like Ace Aura, Modus, and a few of the Melbourne guys. Uh, such as Scribe and jurea. Uh I was like, all right, ready to finish this off. So I opened it up, and uh, some of the sounds, for some reason, like, were corrupted. Like, uh, mostly sounds with, like, uh, Bit Crush on it because of Serum's uh, bit reduction, because I was using, using that. And just for some reason, uh, it was just all distorting all the sounds, and I was really confused, and it really disappointed me, because I thought the truck was done. So I had to spend, like, a whole day fixing the sounds with a a different bit crusher just so you get the sounds to be normal Uh, so it was a really hard process and uh i was just really down about it and i was not happy with it at all um but i got it to a point where i was like okay this sounds good it's done i mastered it and i was like right i don't know if i want to release this as like uh by myself or if i want to send it to a label and i was thinking about it for a few days and i thought you know what just send it to a label you know I don't care just do it you know what have I got to lose exactly Um, so I sent it to Rushdown because they were at the top of my list so I was like all right I'll send it to Rushdown. see what they think Um, and then I was talking to a few friends Uh, one of my friends was like yeah I don't know because it's complex not many people release complex these days so I don't know if they'll accept it or not I'm like yeah I mean we'll just I guess we'll just find out and then a few days later yeah, I got the reply saying it was accepted and I was just, you know, amazed because I didn't think it was going to get accepted at all. Um, and really, in a short amount of time, as all well, times time like, uh, I hope you don't mind, but we really want to put this out like next week on oh our new compilation. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, yeah, that was a really, really quick process from being made to then being released. It was crazy. I don't think of ever had an experience like that before usually with releases you gotta wait like a couple of months before the tracks released um even with like my self releases i'll have the i'll wait about a month until i release the track just to be so so i'm like okay with how the track is yeah um but yeah that was a very strange process and it, it, it's still mind-boggling that it got accepted and it's out there now um it's doing so well amazing dude wake it, like i woke up and like I saw Chime followed me on Twitter. I'm like, what? Oh like, shit. <laughs> why'd he follow me on Twitter? And then I checked my Discord DMs and he's, you know, he said that he accepted. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it was a it was a very, very interesting experience. Dude, oh, I can't get over that. Like, that's
1: just so quick. I think yeah. like, like you said, just even when I self release tunes, it often takes like a month or two after actually finish it finishing it to yeah. get it out. Um, I want to go back to getting feedback because I noticed you chucked Asora in there and I wanted to uh, yeah. I wanted to find out how you got feedback from him.
0: So I'm part of a Facebook group called the Fire yeah. uh, society. hell yeah. And uh, he's one of the regulars there who does uh, feedback streams. and um, I f- I actually found that out by accident because chime was doing a live stream on there. He was breaking down two of his tracks on there. And I just wanted to watch that live stream. Um, so then I joined there and then I saw that they do these uh, feedbacks uh, every week, like every day they have like uh, big, quite big artists each week or each day uh, give feedback. And one of them was Aesora, and I was like, Oh cool. This, this will be a nice opportunity to get some feedback from like a bigger producer and not just my friends. So I sent him uh, my track metastasis which had been out for about a few weeks by that point um and he was amazed with it like he he like reposted it and it was like oh, oh dude this is sick <laughs> he hadn't heard complex Tro in ages he was like dude this is so cool and then from that it from the repost it actually got quite a bit of uh traction just from that repost which was amazing and then a few days later I sent him a uh, Venator just before I did all the last minute touches and that's another thing he said was really good so um yeah it's been really cool to uh, get feedback from him so there you go don't
1: feel like you have to don't feel like it's bad to pay for feedback from bigger artists guys like it'll not only help you improve your tracks but you might just get noticed by some of them like you did yeah exactly um, so I think it's really refreshing that you incorporate like some chips to chiptune type sounds into your music um I was wondering if you want to delve into how you get those like synths
0: or hardware or yeah yeah it's I mean it's very basic it's just like square waves and I'm, I mostly just use serum for all those sounds just like the basic shapes um so if you want to do that kind of chiptune sound it is very easy like people have been doing it for years whether they're using serum or massive or face blunt now maybe um, but yeah, it is a very easy sound to get, but it's a matter of how you implement that into your style. Mm. It has become quite a major part of my sound. Um, but I think I have adopted more of the glitchy side of yeah, definitely, to create my signature sound where, I don't know, people like Nitrofun, uh, they have more of like a happier side to his sound, to his sound. Um, who's another chip like Virtual Riot? Even back in the day, yeah, his stuff was very like I don't know, I don't know how to, descri- how to describe <laughs> that old sound, but you know, he, he had that sound. So, I like I said, to create the chip tune sound, you don't have to get Game Boys and plug them into <laughs> your into your door or whatever. Just get Serum or like even like the basic stuff, maybe like FL Ableton. They have those, you know, those simple uh those simple waveforms where well, you can create those sounds, even like a simple bit crusher, which I guess like every single door has a simple bit crusher. I'm not a big fan of Ableton's, but, <laughs> uh, even like third party ones, like the killer hearts bit crusher, yeah, which I'm a big fan of. Is great.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, you get a bit crusher and then, uh, I, I'm not really big into the chiptune stuff, but I find that having, um, just uh, LFO going up and down octaves really helps.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, that is another, The that's something that Virtual Riot does, like with his, well, with his old stuff, he doesn't do it much these days. Um, but with like that, that lead that he always used to use, always had that like, uh, that changing octave uh, sound with his leads. It's almost like a voice crack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it always is, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I also love the uh, incorporation of the kind of side trance style bass uh, in Venator. Like, I feel like a lot of people are doing that right now and sometimes it feels forced. But um, Hmm. in your track, it felt really natural and just added to the overall aesthetic of, like, the whole color-based sound. Yeah, definitely. So how did you get started with producing and, like, what were some of your early
0: influences? Um so I started producing back in early 2014. Uh, I just started messing around on GarageBand with my good friend, Waru shout out to him. Uh, he's been, you know, there since the beginning by my side, producing with me. Um, we just started putting together loops. Eventually then he got his MIDI, uh, keyboard and plugged it in. We started writing our own melodies. Uh, and then eventually towards the later half of that year, he then changed to logic, which then I did. And, um, yeah, we just started making really, you know, looking back now, they were really bad tracks, <laughs> but it was a start. Um, we actually earlier this year looked back at a lot of our old stuff and we just had a cringe fest listening to all our stuff and just laughing. But yeah, that's how I started. And then eventually throughout the years, I just, I think around 2015, between 2015, and 2017, I really spent those three years really trying to find what I wanted to make. So I tried and just made everything from trap to future bass, to dubstep, to complex, to house music, uh, drum and bass, everything I could think of to see what I enjoyed making. And it just happened to be those bass music, color based genres, which I had the most fun with. Um, and that's what I stuck with from like late 2017 onwards, um, and really developed my sound from there. And, um, I think, it was really not until about late last year where I really found the vital mode sound, which um is really that glitchy type of sound you hear in all my recent
1: tracks. It's definitely a really distinct sound, and it's a fresh take on the complex stress stuff. And I'm glad that you're doing it because we don't have enough of that stuff around anymore.
0: Yeah, it's it sucks that not many people doing it, but I mean, even just recently, uh, a big. Uh, Rushdown artist uh, known as uh, Paper Skies just released a little whip of a, a complexure track that he's just started making, very uh, reminiscent of old Virtual Riot. Nice. And um, I was like, dude, I can't. I'm so happy that you're making Complexra. You know, more people need to be making it. We need to make a comeback with complexure. <laughs> yeah, I think um a lot of people don't experiment as much
1: as you did when trying to find. What genre they might kind of try a few things and then just give up on producing. Um, yeah. So yeah. I just want to say to the producers out there if you don't really know what your sound is, you kind of feel like you've put yourself in a box and you just feel like you're stuck there. Just please, just like try everything, you know? Because exactly, if, yeah. if you hadn't tried everything, maybe you just would have quit and that would have been that. Yeah. So, how did you normally go about? starting a track is it like the melodies the drums or
0: i mean back when i started uh, a couple years ago i just started with melodies and uh, chord progressions i felt that was the easiest back then when i started especially when i was experimenting with different genres but now it's more i start with a drop and i find that's the most easiest way for me to create ideas is just by creating a drop sticking with that idea Creating the second drop, and then doing the rest of the track. And I feel that that's the best way for me personally to make my tracks. Um, it's helped me to really get tracks done faster um, where, you know, I have the drop done and then it's easy for me to go and do all the other parts like the melodies yeah. and the build-ups and all that where if you do, well, if I personally do vice versa where I, if I do the melodies first and then I have to do a drop the drop kind of feels a little less, it doesn't feel as powerful as I'd want it to, where if I do tracks where I have done drops first, then it does feel powerful when I later go do everything else. If you know yeah. what I mean by that. Yeah. I know um, people
1: definitely have different takes and it's mostly personal preference, but I mm. totally agree with you. Like when I do the drops first, all the other pieces kind of just fall into place Whereas if yeah. I start with say the intro first, it feels like I'm forcing myself to make a drop that somehow matches the intro. Yeah. Are there any specific like techniques that you reuse on all your tracks? I guess the chip tune kind of influence would be one of them. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to elaborate on?
0: Yeah. Um. I think I think a lot of producers can use this feedback well, or feedback but this uh what i'm about to say is make sounds make a sample pack of your own your own yes. personal sample pack and then reuse those sounds because that is how i have found my sound by reusing pad sounds ops drums and all these different bass sounds which i have then which i made in like tracks i don't know last year and then have kept on reusing And that's how you make your, you know, your signature sound. By using those sounds, you know, people like Chime do it all the time. Where people complain, go, oh, everything sounds the same. It's, no, that's his sound. Another artist I can think of that's like, that is Famous Spear. Another Rushdown uh, artist. His stuff always sounds, you know, very similar. That's because he's always using the same sounds. And that is his, you know, his definitive sound. Um, so, I encourage all different producers, whether you're doing uh, bass music or hip hop, whatever it may be, get a sample pack of sounds that you've made and then keep on reusing them because that is how you find your signature sound.
1: Yeah. When I think it back to like artists like who, I f- who first got me into ADM, like Squillex and Knife Party, Pendulum, those kinds of guys. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. They always use very, very similar sounds. Um, mm. And the really cool thing about that is you sometimes you might want to switch it up and do a bit of a di- different genre or a different tempo. But if you're using the sounds from your personal sample library, no matter what
0: genre it is, people know it's you because it's your Exactly. Sounds. I can definitely agree with that. I mean, at the moment, I'm just about to finish up a Glitch Hop track. Usually I don't do that uh, usual, you know, that 100 BPM, 110 BPM tempo. But I use a lot of sounds that I've used in previous tracks, such as Venator and Metastasis and tracks like that. I've used a lot of similar sounds from those my personal sample pack. So you can tell that it's the same style, but it's just, you know, different tempo, different genre. But you can tell that it's me. Yeah.
1: So being a fellow Melbourne boy, you've studied at... Box Hill Institute of Music. Uh, how did that change your workflow and your
0: process with music in general? Yeah. Well, there's an elective they run there called beat cipher. And basically what that class is, um, throughout the semester. So you got 12, 13 weeks for the semester. Each week, the teacher gives you like a challenge. Uh, so, you know, one week it might be, all right. Uh, make a track using this loop of like a melody, this drum sample and this atmosphere, just make whatever. And then you, you know, the week next week after you submit the track that you made with those samples. And then, uh, you go through the class listening to everyone's take on those samples, uh, in like a minute, 30, two minute, 30 track. And then everyone gives you feedback on it, whether it be positive or constructive feedback which is really good. And each week you get more challenges. Like the next week it might be, uh, you have to make a track at this BPM with this certain key. And then, you know, even more other stuff, like, you know, make a track only using percussion or something like that. And what that class did for me for both semesters. So semester one, semester two, both halves of the year, it really helped me develop, helped me to develop ideas fast. Mm. um, because I had a week you know, a week to make a track every week for 12 weeks, 13 weeks, whatever it was, it really helped me to develop ideas fast. So I'd create drops or melodies really fast and just stick with it because I knew that I had a deadline and that I had to get it done so I could submit it the next week. So that really helped me for this year with a lot of my tracks.
1: That kind of reminds me of um, the Andrew Huang, like,
0: produce the challenges whereas four people yeah. do the same thing yeah it's um it's very much like that in one class actually uh before our teacher came well uh, me and my friends were watching uh that series i think it was i think it was the au5 one maybe uh the one with au5 and we're watching that and we're like oh yeah this is like almost exactly like beat supper <laughs> where you know they all they listen to each other's tracks because we you know in the class we uh listen to everyone's tracks of and yeah, it was, it's pretty much just like that. Did you see the one that Virtual Riot was on? Just
1: taking like a simple piano sound. Yeah, that's full, like, that's a system.
0: classic <laughs> one. I don't know how he did it. Crazy, I don't man. know. It's <laughs> even with AU 5 like he got a sound of a door, like a squeaky door, and then made a track completely out of that. Like with <laughs> Virtual Riot, it was amazing because it was a piano. So he was able to like, you know, tune the, piano you know, right. you know it, and it make sure everything was like right. Instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with AU5, he had a door to work with. And even the drums, he used the door, which just <laughs> amazed me. So like, if that was me, I wouldn't have sampled the door to make drums, but he did. And that just amazed me. AU5 is on another level, man. He is. Um, so how did you
1: go about creating your articulation EP series? And, um,
0: yeah tell me about that, yeah, well, that really connects to the beat cipher class because that class only runs for a year, so i'm my, I'm in my second year at the moment, uh so unfortunately that's only that elective only runs for a year, so at the end of the year last year, and like towards the end of November beginning December, I was thinking, you know what am I gonna do for next year? I thought, well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set myself four release dates throughout the year, so I chose February. May August and November so there's three months in between each release and e- every three months I release two tracks like just self-release them and that sort of filled the gap for me for from beat cipher and I was able to apply a lot of the things I learned in beat cipher by working to a deadline and sticking to it and getting the tracks done and because of that I've, I've stuck to it. I'm about to release the third one, in about a month, I think Hell yeah, it's yeah. July now. So the next one comes out in August and then the final one, the fourth one will be out in November. Um, I've been able to make the tracks every, you know, between releases and stick to it. And it's really helped me just not only get tracks out, but just improve on my sound. Hence the name articulation. It really is about me defining the clear, my clear sound. If you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And there's definitely something to be said for, uh, to be said, yeah, to be, what am I saying? <laughs> there's definitely something to be said for, um, setting deadlines for yourself, because if you don't have a deadline, you're just going to sit there endlessly tweaking and the track is never going to come out. And, you know, there's opportunities that you might've have, have had for the track. They're going to pass you up because you're going to be stuck working on that and another million unfinished projects. So, just set deadlines and, you know, you might not think it's 100% done, but most of the time, 80% done is good enough for the general listener. So, just get exactly. that shit out there.
0: Yeah, like, a few years ago, I wasn't setting deadlines for myself. I would be, like, last year even, uh, like, there was a track I made where... You know, I didn't set the deadline. I just I just left it and a few months later, I forgot about it and the track, you know, I didn't even like it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, I setting deadlines is so good because, and if you have, you know, if you have the self, de- if you have the dedication and the self-discipline to set deadlines and stick to it, I highly recommend you to do it. Even if you don't think you have the <laughs> discipline and
1: dedication, just- Give it a shot. Just trust do it. me. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. So, um, man, I'm just I'm so pissed about this uh, second wave of COVID that we seem to be having because after these first few podcasts, I've been really looking forward to getting out into the Melbourne-based music scene and seeing Dude. some of you guys play. Um, but yeah, it looks like we're gonna be stuck inside for a little
0: while longer. Yeah, unfortunately, it's gonna be a while until the melbourne fam can really come back together Uh, it's been i think the last show i went to was when modestep played i think that was at the very end of january yeah Um, that was a while and that was the last show i went to um there was i think there was a mothership show after that but i wasn't able to go to that um but i think that was the last one officially and then there were no more shows uh since uh so hopefully we can get over this second wave soon and Hopefully by, I don't know, December, January, we can, you know, get back out there and playing get back to playing shows. Who are some of the local
1: boys you're looking forward to seeing again? All, all of them, man.
0: Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with all of those guys, man. We're, like, so close. Like, you know, Scribe, Dreer, Space Prince, Into Ash, Mansa, Manafex, all of those guys. I'm sorry if I forgot any names, but, you know, <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are, like... You know, you guys are my best friends. Um, I just can't wait until we can all hang out again. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll be there. Like, let me know when the first show is
1: going to be. I'll be there. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. What Love you, to uh, have you part of us, man. Hell yeah, man. It'd be dope. Yeah, just want to get out into the community and, you know, just
0: interact with fellow it bass is. music it's, guys. It's really good to have, you know, your local friends, local producer friends, because not only are you talking to each other as as fellow producers, but we've become such close friends that we're also talking as close friends. Yeah. And the relationships of big friendships, you know, have become so strong because of that. And all the times we've hung out with each other, um, that it's really good to have that, uh, community. And, you know, if you don't have that, just try and find an online community, you know, even though we're in lockdown, even though you know the the whole world is at home at the moment, if you're a producer and you just you know don't have anyone to talk to, just find a community, find a Discord uh, group of producers. You know your favorite producer may very well have a Discord server, and then you can just start talking to the people in there. Um, and the producers go into the self promo channels and look at all the other different producers and see what they're making, and you know just start talking to them about production.
1: Yeah. And, um, just like jump in voice chat and be, just be in general and be like, Hey, anyone want to jump in voice chat? Maybe play some games or something. Um, exactly. To help take it a- away from just the music for a second. Cause I find yeah. if it's, if it's always just music, it's really hard to develop those relationships because you, it's kind of like you're always trying to extract information from someone or like yeah. learn how they do their thing or whatever. So. Just try to hang out with other producers in general, and um, yeah, not even just producers—people who like the music as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, is there anything else that you helps you stay motivated for producing? Like, obviously, having a a decent group of friends is a huge one. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you want to elaborate on anything else?
0: Yeah. Um. Well, one of the main things is just take breaks. You know, everyone mm. has writer's block. Everyone goes through creative struggles. Like at the moment, virtual, riot. He's going through yeah. creative blocks at the moment. And, you know, if you're going through that, don't force yourself to make stuff. You know, if you, you know, just do something else, you know, you can just leave it for a day or two. I literally just did it last week where I left producing for about a week or two, not a week, a day or two. Sorry. <laughs> um, it was like Monday and Tuesday. I didn't do any production, but then, Wednesday, I came back and I just had all, you know, this this newfound enthusiasm to work on new stuff and the stuff I was stuck on the day, the days prior. So just take breaks, do all the stuff. I don't know, watch movies, play video games, talk to friends, do whatever hobbies you have interest you. You know, for like for me, I like drawing a lot. It helps me, you know, in just listening to some other music, uh, just takes my mind off things. Um, and just, you know, talk to friends that you don't usually talk to, you know, uh, just do other things that aren't music related. And I'm sure in like a few days, you know, your motivation, your creativity will just come back to you. Oh, yeah. I can't count the amount of
1: times I've taken a small break and gone back into Ableton and been like, holy
0: shit, I'm fucking amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, I've had so many times like that. It's, it's really good. Just, you know. Simple breaks. Watch a movie or something, you know? Yeah. Two hour, hour, three hour movie, just, and then come back maybe, and then just, yeah, see what happens. Yeah. So if you had to go back
1: in time and think of one piece of advice to tell yourself, I think this is going to be our final question here, but feel free to uh, give any shout outs or anything, or, uh, yeah, definitely anything else you want to say. But yeah if there was one piece of advice that you wanted to tell yourself when you first started out, what would it be? Side chaining.
0: <laughs> I, it took me so long. I kid you not. It took me so long to learn how to sidechain chain. Oh, I, didn't, I think it was not until early 2018 was when I finally learned how to sidechain. You know, that was two years ago now. Like, <laughs> dude, I spent, you know, 2015, 16, 17, not knowing how to sidechain, not knowing what the hell it was. I like, I wish I could just go back and tell myself, dude, it's just volume reduction. Yeah. Like just <laughs> automate ad- the, the channels so they kick and snare and come through punchy. Like, it's not that hard. Like as beginner producers, you know, you're like, what the hell is sidechaining? Like I heard it all the time, like sidechain this, sidechain that, like what the hell is sidechaining? It took me forever. So, you know, if you're a beginner producer, all it is, is just volume reduction you know, if you don't have LFO tool or volume shaper, just automate the channels just so the kick and snare can come through. Um, yeah, it's simple as that. I don't know why some producers make it out to be so uh, co- such a complicated craft. Yeah, it's a very simple thing. You know what's funny is
1: I've been through just about every single possible sidechaining method, and at the <laughs> end of the day, I went back to just simple default
0: Ableton compressor. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, if that's what, yeah, that's just what if that's works, what for, works me, for you. Yeah. yeah, I just use LFO tool and just MIDI trigger it. You know, it's simple as that. Um, you know, it's it's very easy. You know, if you're a beginner producer, it's all you need. Literally, like,
1: if you don't have LFO tool, li- like you said, just go into, I don't know, chuck a utility on there and automate the volume.
0: Just automate it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I wish I knew that I would have been able to make so many of my older tracks sound better, but
1: you know, it's what it is. It's crazy. All right. So yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to um, talk about before we finish up here?
0: Um, Yeah. I'll shout out a few of my friends. Like I said, I just shouted out all the Melbourne boys. Um, I'll shout out a few other guys that aren't uh, Australia based. Uh, Good friend Naya. He's another melodic dubstep producer. He just released a track called encrypted. Go listen to that. It's great. tune. Uh, another Complexro artist that I'm good friends with, uh, Retrograde. Uh, he r- makes amazing Complexo, uh very similar to some of the stuff I make. So go listen to his stuff. Like I said before, my friend Waru, we've been friends since we were little, like little kids. Um, he's a good up-and-coming producer. Uh, so yeah, listen to his stuff. And yeah, go listen to Venator out now on Rushdown and the rest of New Colors Volume 1. It's a really good compilation of... Some really good up and coming producers Hell yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll have a link in the description for that
1: and um I just want to go back to the garage band thing you said earlier. <laughs> I, I just remembered my first like quote unquote EDM track was literally just me blowing through a straw and I was I just like <laughs> sampled that and
0: chopped it up
1: <laughs> and it just mean, sounded that's...
0: like abusing the hell out of a reverb filter <laughs> in zero. <syrup. laughs> I mean, that's a lot more interesting than what I was doing. I was just getting Apple loops and saying, hey, I made this. No, I didn't. They were just Apple loops, dude. Like, come on. (laughs) All right. Well, Uh. it
1: was great talking to you, man. Yeah, check out guys. Venator by Vital Mode on Rushdown Records. And yeah, link in description.